My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Bashi here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Tanya Smith. She teaches boudoir and portrait photographers how to have a successful and profitable business. She's also the host of the Profitable Portraits podcast. Welcome to the show, Tanya. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. We're going to have some great conversation. We'll cover what's working, your podcast, your challenges, and your goals. And I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have some great takeaways. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I have been a boudoir photographer, so I specialize in photographing women um, since 2011. And, um, you know, I had a lot of ups and downs and I took a lot of learning and went through a lot of mistakes to get to where I am today, um, which is a multiple six-figure business doing photography. Um, and since 2018, I've been teaching photographers how to also has a, have a successful business because I mean, we were talking about this a little bit before, but um, it's it's difficult to um, take your passion, especially when it's something creative. And if you want to run a business, you have to learn the business side, which is not what you are normally good at, right? So um, I made a lot of mistakes and uh, figured out a lot of ways to uh, make money, make it profitable, and still. Uh, be able to enjoy my work and what I do. So um, that's what I like to teach. And I like to show other photographers that they can do it as well. It is difficult taking your hobby and turning it into a business. Um, I like sharing a lot of tangible tips with my audience. Can you share a little bit more about what kinds, what were some of the biggest mistakes you made when you first started? Uh, easily the biggest mistake was, uh, figuring out my pricing and what I charge. And it's funny because my background was from corporate banking. So I should know about numbers and sales and marketing and pricing, but still I didn't, I just thought, you know, this is fun for me. I love taking photos. I'll charge 500 bucks. That's pretty good. You know, that's a good amount of money. Imagine if I make $500. And of course, by the time you figure in your time and your gear and everything, literally I was paying to shoot my clients. So, you know, then I'd raised it a little bit and a little bit here, but I realized the importance of doing your numbers. And that's one of the main things I teach. It's the least sexy side of any business, especially a creative business. But if you don't know your numbers, you don't know if you're profitable. You don't know if what you're doing is worth it. And you're taking time away from doing other things with the people you love or, you know, eating or sleeping or things like that. So when you know your numbers, you know what you need to make per client, and then you're able to strategically, you know, put your prices together and do your sales properly. So my biggest eye opener was take what I learned in corporate banking and make it work for me with my, my business. I remember when I first started taking pictures, I would charge $25. <laughs> yep. Twenty-five. I was like, oh, it's so good. I got somebody to say yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. It's and a lot of people make that mistake. And we also have a lot of um guilt around accepting money, especially for something that you enjoy doing. Um, 
And I think that's a big mindset thing that you have to get past is valuing what you do, but also showing people the value of what they're paying for so that it's a fair exchange. Absolutely. And then speaking of mindsets, what are some of the biggest mindset challenges that you face when you're heading into a six-figure year? Um, I think it's mostly about accepting money and, you know, asking for money. But I had um had a bit of an epiphany because I would make, you know, I'd make like 50,000. I think, wow, that's a lot in sales, which we all know just because you make it in sales doesn't mean you're taking it home. But still, you know, 50,000, that's good money. And then I made 70,000 and then 80,000. And then I'd go back down to 70. And I think, you know, and then 60. And I think a lot of it had to do with my mindset where, I thought I'm making way more than I made in my corporate job. How can I make more than that? How do I need, I don't need more money than that. Why should I make more money than that? And I think I, I heard somebody say it once about the more money you make, the more impact you can have. And that kind of opened it up for me where I realized, I think I was sort of sabotaging myself where I started to make more money. And then I just couldn't get to that six figure uh, level. And then I just end up going back down. And I realized it was because I was feeling a lot of guilt around making good money and, you know, becoming wealthy and all of that. So that, that took a lot of personal work on my end to just get my head straight around accepting money and valuing myself and charging for what I do. Absolutely. So since, since hearing about this, you know, the more money you make, the more impact you have, what kind of an impact are you making now since you've had that epiphany? Yeah. So actually it's, it's funny because I'm in the middle of building my dream home and it's a lot of work. We started it a year ago. Um, we're close. We're probably going to be moving in, in a few months, but it's a house that is everything I've wanted, but I have a whole section in there for my parents as they age. I want them to be close to me. My dad had a stroke a few years ago. My mom had some issues with vertigo and I just want them to be near me so that I can take care of them as they age. So this house has a whole section for my parents. So they have their whole, a whole little house attached to ours. And it's just amazing when I look at it, I, I call it the house that Boudoir built. So that's impact for me. So some people it's charity, other people, you know, for me, it's helping my parents out and being able to be with them and take care of them. Other people it's, you know, retiring your spouse or being able to pay for your family vacations or anything like that, anything that you can do as a result of your business, as opposed to working, not making any money and just taking time away from your life. Absolutely. But that's so sweet. I love yeah. that. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I'm excited about it. That's that's really cute. So I want to know, because I usually ask this a little bit earlier in the interview, but so you were doing boudoir photography before, and then you've transitioned into teaching other people how to do this. Right. Can you tell me a little bit more about the moment where you decided, okay, it's time that I help other photographers. Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. So I had no intention of helping other photographers, actually. I was just doing my thing with my head down. And um, I'm in a really cool building where my studio is. And there's a lot of creatives in here. So there's a bunch of photographers. One photographer came up to me and they're like, you know, you had this small little studio in the building and now you moved into this place that I'm in now that I got them to custom build for me. And like, how are you doing this? Like, how are you making money doing this? 
And I talked to them and chatted with them a little bit. They came back. They asked me a couple of things. They went away and did, you know, the things I told them to do. And then they came back and they were so excited. They're like, oh my God, I got a client. It was $2,500 I made from them. I can't believe it. And I was like, wow, that's great. They're like, thank you for telling me. And whatever, I didn't think anything of it. They sent me another person. I sat down literally in this couch behind me and chatted with her and gave her a bunch of, you know, tactical things to do. She came back to me too. A third person. Finally, I was like, this is a lot of work and it's taking time away from me shooting, right? Because I'm sitting down and having a really big, heavy money conversation with people. And it's taking a lot of time. I love doing it. I loved hearing the results. Um, and it was right around then, I think I heard from a, a podcast from Amy Porterfield, who's big in the digital space. And she was saying about take your knowledge and turn it into a course. And that was my aha moment. And I realized if I put a course together with everything that I'm telling these people and it's working for them. Let's see if it works for a bigger audience, different areas. And so I put a course together, easier said than done, but I put a course together. I started my podcast and I was just getting really good feedback from it. So that was, I, I realized that putting it online, I can teach more photographers about how to be successful and have money. And I will tell you, I got into boudoir when I was going through a divorce. It was an messy, nasty divorce. And I did it for myself because I was not feeling great and realized how great it makes you feel. And I was also dealing with a divorce lawyer who told me that I needed to find a real job because you can't make any money in photography. And that was the kick in the butt to make me prove him wrong. <laughs> so I, I hate hearing the starving artist. I hate hearing all of that. Photographers don't make any money. They do. I do. I know a lot of people who do, and a lot of my students do as well. So it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a thing to me to prove a point. <laughs> <laughs> prove him wrong, but as yeah. you should, as you yes. should, a queen move right there. Yes. And also I fired his ass and got a different lawyer. So <laughs> even better <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with the money that you were making off of the boudoir. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Well, at that time I wasn't, but yes. <laughs> Nobody needs to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing in your business right now? So right now, I think when you get to six figures, it's a huge, it changes you. Like it really, for me anyway, I had never made that kind of money in my entire life. And my accountant at the time, I was just sending, you know, he was in my, my QuickBooks and going through and he calls me, he's like, what the hell happened? What are you doing? Like, this is amazing. And I realized, yeah, damn, I'm proud of myself. And, and you really do kind of, that that's a big milestone, the six figures. And then you start going and, you know, bigger business, bigger problems. So one of the hardest things for me is time management. And it still is. And it's, it's one of those things that I'm just, I think I'm just going to constantly be working on where I have to literally schedule what I need to do. So doing the podcast, you know, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to get it started. It took me four ever to get it going because I just thought, you know, it wasn't on the schedule. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. I'll do it whenever. And I kept putting it off and it was months and months. It was probably eight months from me saying I'm going to do a podcast to me actually sitting down and recording an episode. So the big thing is, is when it's over your head like that for that many months, it's way heavier than it needs to be. So one of the things for me that I need to do is if I'm going to do something and I really want to do it, 
Is this going to be impactful for me and for other people? And is this going to be revenue generating for me? Podcasting? Yes, eventually. Of course, the first few you put out doesn't do anything. Um, Yeah, like, I don't know, for me, it didn't. So, um, but I'm getting more visible from the podcast, which is getting more people into my world. So the biggest thing for me is time management. And I'm a huge overthinker. And I don't know if it's my creative brain, but I overthink a lot of things. So my whole thing is always, I need to keep it simple. I need to scale back and keep things simple. It's actually how I teach. If anybody um, follows me on Instagram or anything, they always know I'm always preaching, keep it simple, stop overthinking. And it's mostly because that's what I do. I'm saying it for myself too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, overcomplicating it is going to do exactly that. It's going to overcomplicate it and yep. then you're going to get even more stressed out and you're mm-hmm. like, oh my God, oh my God, what am I supposed to do? I need to do this. I need to do that. Simplify it. The simpler, the better. Yeah. And a confused mind says no, right? You get too confused and you just kind of shut down and you just don't do it. So exactly. So mm-hmm. keep it simple. I love that. Yeah. So it's, the, let's say it's December, 2023. Where would you like your business to be? What's the vision for profitable portraits? Yeah. So I'm going back to, so I took a hiatus from the podcast, mostly because I lost my editor and I was not wanting to put that on my plate. So I put it aside for a bit. And um, I recently was speaking at a a photography event, uh, Shutterfest, and a bunch of photographers said they found me through my podcast, which has been in hiatus since before COVID. So I went on and I realized with my stats that people are still listening. So I'm, I'm starting it up again. So I want for, this whole year, 2023 and 2024, my goal is to be more visible. So I'm trying to get on more stages, stages, whether they're actual stages or podcasts or, you know, any sort of getting in front of other people's audience so that people know who I am because I can't help people if they don't know who the heck I am. So those are my goals is to be more visible and to grow my audience. I love it. Love it. So actually, while we're on the topic of the podcast, we might as well discuss it now. Yeah. (laughs) What was the intention behind starting the podcast? So again, to be visible, like I, I, I had choices, right? Where do I put my content? Do I put it in a blog? Do I put it on a YouTube channel or do I do a podcast? I'm not a writer. I, I, if I sit in front of a screen and look at that blinking cursor, it'll never happen. So that was out and video. I don't mind video, but you know, as a woman, you got to put your face on and do your hair and (laughs) you know, the background and everything has to be perfect. And I knew that that would be another thing for me to procrastinate and to overthink. So I thought I can talk, I'm a talker. And that's where podcast came from. And I actually really enjoyed it. Like I really, I don't mind podcasting at all. I mean, my first episode is a little cringy, but I'm leaving it on there because, you know, we learn as we go. And that's part of what I teach too. Just start, do it messy and just start. Um, but yeah, I, I, it turns out it's something that I, I like doing. I don't mind, you know, talking into a microphone and listening to my own voice. So my mom always says I was a big talker, so might as well, <laughs> might as well make it work for me. Absolutely. And as yeah. you should, I love how you, you are so willing to acknowledge your shortcomings and yeah. where you are and you are not skilled. And instead of coming up with excuses, you're finding ways to work around it and keep moving forward. I think that there's a huge lesson in there that we didn't really bring up. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, I tell my kids that all the time. It's okay if something doesn't work out the way you thought. You learn from it. You either go with where you're headed or you learn from it. And also 
I always say this to them. You can do hard things. It's okay if things are hard to do. You can still do them. And it's okay that they're difficult. Things aren't supposed to be easy when you first start them. You know, Absolutely. even little things like it's a funny story, but I was just telling my daughter about this at the house. It's under construction. So going up to the second floor, there's, I guess they're construction steps, like they're temporary stairs, but they're really like small and they don't go to the whole edge and they're far apart. And you can see like the second floor. The first time I went up there, it took me like easily three minutes because I was so freaked out about going up and now I'm like running up and down them. And, and it's, it's a, a very basic lesson, but just because things are hard doesn't mean you can't do them. And that first time it was really hard. And the first five times it was really hard. And then I got better and better. And now I can run up and down the stairs without being freaked out. And oh, it's the same. Scary. Yeah, it is. It's freaky. Um, and it's the same with business, right? You, you try things. What, what did someone say to me before? Business doesn't get easier. You just get better at it. So push through when it gets hard, even if you're just doing like a tiny little bit, keep moving forward. Um, and that that's a big thing that you learn about yourself as a business owner and an entrepreneur is that you can do hard things. And it's pretty cool to look back, you know, after a few months or a few years and go, wow, like, look where I started. Look how freaked out I was about doing whatever, starting a podcast, speaking into a microphone, whatever it is. And now I'm speaking on stages in front of people. And you know, five years ago, if you told me that I would, I'd be like, there's no way I would do that. I would never do that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I don't even want to listen to my first episode. <laughs> I know. And someone says, oh, you should, you know, if you hate it, just re-record it. I'm like, no, this is literally what I tell people is it's okay. If you suck at first, you're supposed to. Do you do interviews or do you do solo episodes? Uh, I do some both. It depends on who it is. So before I was doing interview interviews of people, um, you know, I started solo and then I would do some interviews if it was good for my audience, you know, based on what they want to hear. Um, but solo, I, I have now some people that I could interview, but yeah, it's, it's a, what do you call it? A hybrid, right? Where it's interviews and solo. So, so what kinds of things do you talk about on the podcast? Business, mostly business stuff for creatives. No, it's good for creatives, but it is geared towards photographers. So I do talk about different strategies, you know, how to build your portfolio without shooting for free, which a lot of us do at the beginning, how to do your prices, um, how to sell, you know, ways to, to do a show like marketing, a lot of marketing thing, right? Because the biggest thing photographers ask me is um, how do I get more clients and how do I how much do I charge? That's the main two things that photographers ask me. And then um, I'm also teaching posing because I, I really do rock at posing for boudoir. So I'm going yeah. to, um, I'm going to teach people that because I've been doing it for a long time. Uh, I'm going to start teaching that as well. But the hard thing is a lot of creatives don't like to do the business side. They can be the best photographer in the world, but they're not making any money. Right. And absolutely. on the other hand, you could be a mediocre photographer and make a lot of money. So as long, I mean, we do kind of get hung up on the gear and the lighting and the new this and all the, all the stuff. And uh, these people are amazing photographers and just don't make any money. So that's where I, I kind of fill the gap. I love it. I love yeah. it. All right, Tanya, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Um, before we jump off, if you had to give one piece of advice to anybody who's a creative who wants to start a business or is currently struggling in their business, what would it be? Um, maybe two things. The first okay. one is 
do your damn numbers. <laughs> it's not as scary as you think. And it's very, very eye opening. And you'll probably find out that it's not as hard as you think to get to six figures. Um, and the second thing is just keep moving forward, even no matter how much their baby steps, just keep moving forward and you'll be amazed at how far you get. All right. Thank you so much. If anybody's looking to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to find you? Yeah, they can. Um, I mean, I'm all over the place, but um, probably the best way is Instagram, which is Tanya L Smith dot photography. That's the problem with having a last name like Smith. <laughs> yes. So I had to be creative. <laughs> love it. Love it. Once again, thank you so much for coming on. Awesome. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to have you. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.